0: don't really know how to follow that. <laughs> Nathan, where are you? Where's Nathan? Is that your work? Well done, well done. Uh, it's just, it's amazing. It's time, really, funny stuff time. It slips through your fingers. Uh, what I'm putting up now is a, a slide. You're not meant to read the detail. The detail is perhaps not as important as the overall thrust of the message. What that slide is showing is that in 1992, at the very beginning, when Steve and Julie came here, it wasn't the beginning of this church, but the beginning of their ministry with us, there was essentially one door, the door on the church. And as a leadership, over the 25 years, we've held on to an image, a vision, if you like, of the church gradually opening more and more doors. The reason we open doors is to allow people to get to know us, to belong before they believe sometimes. Belonging is a really important piece of the church family, and that's what we like to be, a, a people who want people to come and know us, come and belong and become part of the family, and along the way, find faith in Christ, which transforms lives forever. And the more doors we can open... The more rooms we can go into, the more doors that leads to, the more we can reach into the community. And beginning with one door back in 1992, you can see all the different doors that have been birthed by the manor house charity and the church working side by side, hand in hand over this 25 years. And there's a door missing off this chart. There's a new door yet to open starting next week. And we'll come to that a little bit later uh, in the program. What I'd like to do now is to invite some people to come up and give us their testimonies of the ways in which walking through one or other of those doors transformed their lives. So I'd like to invite, first of all, Brian to come up with Sue Ravenhill, uh, Bob and Judith, and Hayley and Mina. If you'd like to come up now and join me on the stage here, um, this terrifying place with all these faces staring at us, and we will let your testimonies do the speaking. Okay, great. Can you give them a round of applause before they start? (laughs) This is a fairly nerve-wracking thing to do, okay? Right, Brian, there you go, sir. I hope that microphone's working.
1: Yes, it is. Good morning, everyone. When Steve and Julie and their family first arrived here in 1992 you may have noticed from the the video that the premises here looked very different from what they are today on the main road there there was a, a row of, of terraced houses which were in uh, very bad state and almost derelict this hall here was split into two about two-thirds of the way across there there was a wall which split it into what we call the major hall and the minor hall And the minor hall was the only place we could use on a Sunday morning during sermon times to take the kids out. And outside there, there was no buildings of the nursery, which you will see today. And one of the first things that happened when Steve arrived was we acquired a couple of large porter cabins and placed them in the car park to the side here, refurbished them put some electric in and used them, amongst other things, on a Sunday morning to take the kids out while the sermon was being um, addressed to the adults. And I was impressed by that. And I said to Steve at the time, I said, I'm amazed, I'm surprised. I never expected to see anything like that. And Steve's words to me were, you've seen nothing yet. (laughs) And I suspect that even... Steve all those years ago would not have envisaged what we have here today and I've been privileged to be along on this journey with many of the people here and you know it's not just been about refurbishing derelict houses it's not just been about refurbishing and reorganising this area it's not just been about new buildings out at the side there but it, it's been about expanding our ministries. It's been about using the talents that God has blessed this fellowship with. It's been about grasping opportunities. It's been about taking steps of faith along the way. And some of those steps have been huge steps. And, but most of all, I feel it's been about sharing the love of God in this community where we have been placed by the lord himself and i'd like to just finish by adding a, a personal word of thanks to Stephen and julie thank you for who you are thank you for what you've done thank you for being to me and to so many other people what you have been and i just hope and pray that god will continue to use you in his work for many more years to come
2: Hello, everybody. Uh, For those that don't know, I'm Judith, and I'm married to Bob. Um, I came along to this church about 17 years ago. Um, I was invited to an Alpha course at this church, and it was one of the best things I ever did because my life changed, and all for the better. Um, After I'd come along to the church and done the Alpha course um i made a commitment and i asked jesus into my heart and with that i joined a life group now i joined the life group and felt really compelled to pray for my family which i did and i started to really pray for bob and hoped that one day he would come along to the church with me and i'll let him carry on at the moment
3: Thank you. <laughs> he loves this. Uh, love this, yes. Um, uh, yes, I came along to support Judith, really. Um, uh, it wasn't a place I was intending to come, uh, but um, I did come along to, to support uh, Judith, and uh, in, in the uh, very early days, uh, Judith said to me, uh, they've got a, a building project on. I said, well, don't tell them what I do for a living. <laughs> because that job has got my name on it so <laughs> so th- that was fair enough but uh, th- this one i just came once in a while just to support judith no intentions of um uh, sort of doing the church thing and uh, and this one day she said well would you come along there's a speaker on so i said uh, okay i wasn't intending to uh so i came along and uh the speaker was fine i thought well uh, that's okay. And uh, at the end, um, it, it, end of the service, um, we sort of hovered for uh, cups of teas and whatnot. Um, s- from my point of view, I wasn't mingling. I was lingering, really. <laughs> uh, in other words, I was waiting for a gap to get out the door so that Steve wouldn't catch me on the door. Uh, and, and this speaker who was sort of uh, moving around the room came... Uh, to us, uh, just chatting and, and whatnot, and, and what do you do for a living? I thought, well, th- this this person is only here as a, a one-off is, uh, you know, he's going to be gone. So uh, I told him what I did for a living. I, I draw plans for buildings. Uh, and uh, within about two or three minutes, I got Stephen on my toes, <laughs> asking me to get involved in this uh, building project. So... Uh, to cut a long story short, that was the start of uh, being involved in the building project, of which you've seen some on the screen, uh, uh, which then ultimately led to me uh, becoming a Christian.
2: <laughs> Together. Um, we've attended this church and we've had highs and we've had lows one of the highs being that both our children were baptized here just as we were and it was just amazing and we've had lows and in those lows all i can say is that stephen and julie alongside with the church family just carried us through those times and it was amazing just the love that we were shown through those times And about five and a half years ago, Stephen invited me to be alongside an amazing team of volunteers and work in the coffee shop. And it's such an amazing place. And we just open out to the community. Stephen's idea was that we, which amazes people, that we did everything for free. Food and drinks and chat to people. And that place is amazing. When Stephen asked me, my first response was, I can't do that, that's not me, I can't do it. And for the first three months, I didn't do it. There were lots of tears and then I let God take over. And I did it in God's strength and not in mine. And every day is different and it's just amazing. And I just thank Stephen for that opportunity. But most of all, I just thank Stephen and Julie for their love and their commitment to our church family. I mean, what commitment. For the last 12 months, nearly every week I've seen Julie chopping lettuce for the Alpha. (laughs) What commitment is that? But their love and commitment to our church family and to this church is amazing. And I just thank them. And I just pray that they will just be blessed just the way that they have blessed us. Thank you.
0: Come on, Sue. <laughs> Sue just said to me, she said, I thought you were going to ask me questions. I said, No, I'm not. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm, it's down to you.
4: Thank you. Uh, right. Um, well, 25 years is a very long time. Um, I first walked into the church in October of 1989, uh, a very different church to how it is today. Um, Similarly to what other people have said in their testimony, God wasn't on my radar at the particular time. Um, I'd started a new teaching post up at Queen Street, and uh, a fellow teacher kept asking me to come to family services and I put it off and put it off. And then a couple of people from this then church, Bev being one of them, members of this church, were doing um, walks around Lakeside inviting people to family services. So I thought, well, why not? We've got two young children, Brian and myself, five and seven, and I just felt it would be good for them to know about God and learn about the, who, who Jesus was, basically. And as I say, I wasn't particularly looking for anything. I knew in my heart that there was a, a higher power, a God, but that was about it, really. Anyway, um, I came along and uh, basically I felt at home. God spoke to me in lots of ways and... Um, I finally made a commitment uh, on my knees, in my room at home, um, the early uh, months of 1990, and a little while after that, I was baptised. Looking at this picture behind me, there's lots of things over the years that I was um, part of. Uh, The old coffee shop uh, I helped out with, and um, when Jan ran the counselling service, I was very privileged to be alongside Jan um, in the counselling service and the pregnancy crisis um, service as well. Um, We had lots of funding from the lottery and I was very privileged um, to have my counselling training paid for and lots of courses and I felt very privileged to come alongside people to share their problems with me and um, hopefully, God willing, help them along the way. Um, Also, when I had a break from uh, teaching, I was part of the nursery. I helped out in the nursery with my good friend, (laughs) Karina. If you remember that, Karina, all those years ago. yeah, so, and of late, oh, I'm ashamed to say I'm not involved in a great deal at the moment, but um, there is a new ministry coming up, which Martin wants to talk about later, which I'm very excited about getting involved with, because I am, special needs is on my heart. Um, just to finish, uh, a bit to reiterate Judith, um, there's been many highs and lows in my life too, um, but when I was baptised all those years ago, we had a, a verse read over us, and mine was from Isaiah 12, one uh, two to three, I think it was, about the, the wells of salvation. And um, it's about God being your strength and about being uh, your song and your joy. And uh, over the years, the difficulties, I've had to rely on that verse um, to give me that strength that I've needed and that that joy. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just there for me, and I'll just very very pleased to be part of this this church family and to have known Steve and Julie all the the time that I have and the times they've come alongside me too I'm very thankful for so yeah that's about it
0: thank you (laughs) thank you bless you there's an overarching message isn't there that not only as, as people volunteer and help and reach out Blessings flow in, and I, I get that from Sue's testimony as well. And I, I know, as somebody who's who's been in the church 20 years, that the blessings that come from being part of a church that is committed to its community far outweigh the the efforts you put in. Haley, now you you've come through one of the more recent doors, but let's let you 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 tell the story in your own way. You. Are you going to be able to?
5: Right, in August 2015, I lost my path in life, couldn't ask for help, and I hit at a crisis point. We had no money for bills, no money for food. What do we do? So on the Boxing Day that year, I tried to take my own life. Why? Well, I couldn't help myself, no mind my family at the time. Around January next year, I sat having a cup of tea with Stuart, and I had a knock at the front door. I answered it, it was my cousin. She knew nothing about what was going on, but I opened up to her explaining we had little money, little food, and that we'd been doing our best with small meals of six pieces of chicken and a handful of chips between three of us. It was a decision, do we put bread just to make us feel more full? My cousin said, there's a charity, Food Bank. They can help you, and it's free. When you're back on your feet, you can donate something back sounded awful, degrading, and others would know how we were struggling. But we knew we needed to eat, so it had to be done. We went a long day. We went along the next day, and we were greeted by Linda and rest of the staff. They sorted bags of food, toiletries and other essentials for us. It was like Christmas had arrived early, and we could, no- we could now eat a decent meal. Over the weeks, I was introduced to the Manor House calf and introduced to Lynn, Linda and Judith. They said I could come and have a chat in the coffee shop every day if I needed it, as there was people there to listen. So over the weeks, I chatted with Judith and prayed a lot. I was introduced to Steve Jonathan, the founder of Food Bank, who at the time I didn't know was a pastor. I became more popular with the Manor House calf and the staff. Uh, then, can I, then came April this year. I was baptised and I could see a turning point in my life. There was a light at the end of the tunnel and I got to relate with God who understood me and never judged me and I never felt alone. In 2017, my cousin was going through a similar situation. She had helped us as we needed it and I had to do the same. I called on food bank to help feed her and her family. She sobbed, but her cupboards were full. She still had no money, but it was a start. Over the weeks, her partner was hunting for jobs. As we prayed for them, amazing things happened. They joined Alpha and began their own journey with God. Today, my cousin has done a full circle, and she is now, now helps as a committed member of the church. 25 years have been a big part of Stephen and Julie's life. They were sent to Tamworth to change lives. God had big plans, and only he could see. Stephen and Julie didn't see how possible things were creating a bigger church, food bank, kids' clubs, and clubs for the older. Life is amazing, thanks to everybody here, God and mostly Steve and Julie. Thank you.
6: Mine might start off a little bit different. Um, As kids, me and Hayley used to go to Sunday school, um, which as you get older, we left and carried on with life. Um, Went through struggles, got older, then I'd had my children. Um, Then in 2013, I'd say that was my main... I knew God was there. Um, I got stabbed in my own home whilst asleep. The first person I called when I was awoken by it was my cousin. Um, after having to be rushed to Walsgrave, the main thing it, I kept saying was... God keep me alive, I need to stay alive for my kids after blood transfusion week in hospital I came out and I still have my kids, I still have my life and every day I do thank God for that um, and in 2017 as Hayley said me and my partner Chris went through some rough times, he lost his job Um we had some really low nice points, but Hayley had spoken to Steve. And with Steve's help as well, we man- we had food, um, which, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he kept coming up and, are you okay? Are you okay for things? And, and eventually we got there. And um, my first time of, Our first time of coming to the church was Hayley and Stuart's baptism. Before that, I don't think I'd have ever just walked into a church, because even though I've always known there's something there from being little, but I wouldn't have just walked straight into a church, because to me, I felt like you would be judged. Whereas here, it's completely different. Everybody's normal. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever (laughs) Whatever normal is, everybody's normal. But it's so nice to be able to keep coming here and know that, you know... We're not all the same. Everybody is different. And n- nobody judges. And throughout my life I've always been judged.
0: Well that's so, because God doesn't judge you, you know. Yeah. God doesn't judge. As, he just loves you.
6: As,
0: yeah. And that's what we try to be.
6: And since coming here it's just been in a way, it's like a weight's been lifted. And I mean, Tuesday, I'm helping with the um, food bank. And like Hayley said, um, with Kids Club. And it's getting in there. And then the end of September, I'm hoping... uh, November, I'm hoping to be baptised, which I haven't mentioned yet, but there you (laughs) (laughs) go. That's the first time. Yeah, that's it.
0: Thank you, Hayley, Mina. Thank you both. Thank you. All the effort in the world is nothing, is nothing as compared to the grace of God at work in people's lives, eh? And that's what, that's what those stories are about. Coming through whichever door, people find Christ on the other side. So we're going to continue with a few more personal stories um, of the impact of the work of the church over the 25 years. So Brenda, Amy, if you'd like to come up. Uh, Jan. Jan. And Nicola. do you want one each? There you
7: go. There you go. So I first came into contact with Tamworth Elim Church about nine years ago. Um, I grew up in South Africa and grew up in a Christian family. Um, and when we moved here, finding a church was something that was really important to us. And coming along to Tamworth Elim, it just felt like home and this was where we ended up settling.
8: Um, I came into contact with Tamworth Elim eight years ago today, actually. Um, I came along with Becky, who is a friend from school, and she introduced me a lot to like, the youth ministries. And I got really involved with like, the leaders there. And then through that, I came to Sunday mornings. And then after a couple of years, I came to faith myself.
7: Um, So when me and Amy had finished doing our A-levels, we were both in a very similar position in that neither of us really knew what we wanted to do with our lives. We were both stuck in a little bit of a rut, both a bit in the middle of nowhere and at that point we were offered um, the opportunity to do an internship here at the church so that involved us doing a job share in the nursery and then also just being involved in all the other ministries within the church and that was really exciting and it gave us such a brilliant opportunity to just get a bit more involved in what was happening here at the church.
8: Yeah one of the most incredible experiences that we were very lucky to be able to be a part of was a missions trip to Egypt so we spent a year fundraising we decided that was something we really really wanted to do something really passionate about sort of learning a lot more about the persecuted church and especially with persecuted christians and children so we went to egypt and we went to lots of rural areas little villages and we became involved in doing different ministry times bible stories songs and it was one of the most incredible experiences of our lives i think it's something that will really stay with us for the rest of our lives really
7: um, so, over the, over the last six years, um, my role has changed. I really felt like God was calling me into children's ministry. This was something that I was just super passionate about. I absolutely love working with kids, um, and even more than that, love sharing God with kids. Um, and so, I then became the children's worker at the church and was later asked to join the eldership team as the children's pastor, which I absolutely love. Um, I've also now got a degree in applied theology, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just been so amazing to really feel like I've got that sense of purpose like I'm doing what God has called me to do and that's just amazing
8: um, my last six years took a slightly different um, journey after the first year of the internship I realised that I really felt a connection to the nursery work. So, really helpfully, I managed to get qualified as a level three and have been there for six years, the last two of which I've spent in the preschool room. But also, alongside that, it enabled me to be able to explore the ministries that we started. So, I've been involved in the worship band, youth work, children's work, and more importantly, like missions as well. And I found a real heart for that as well. So, we're really excited to see what's going to happen next with that
7: yeah and it's just been really incredible really over the last six years to see the journey that we've both been on and we couldn't have done it without the amazing support and love of our church family um, and most importantly god because he is in everything that we do in the church that's what we do what we do um, and it's just been such an exciting journey it's been a real
8: adventure and i think we're just really, really surprised how far we've come. I think to start with, we weren't that confident and when we were really uncertain about how we were going to start being adults and growing up and adulting, we didn't really have a clue where to begin. So I don't think we'd have really, (laughs) thanks, (laughs) haven't grown up yet. But um, I, don't, I don't think without the support of this church that we'd be where we were sort of today. We wouldn't be where we were without God and without you guys. And we just want to say a massive thank you to everybody who's supported us, who's believed in us and prayed for us because it's changed our lives. And we're really excited to see where we go next.
0: Jan.
9: I say I haven't grown up yet, and just in case you thought I was 80, because I heard that... (laughs) I didn't know that there was any good wishes given to me, but somebody told me after I came in that it was suggested that I was between 69 and 80, or something like that. I'm actually 70 this week, and I haven't grown up. (laughs) And I haven't grown up, and that's why I'm going to start my words today, talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Are you worried? You should be. Okay, I'm going to start with the ugly first, because when I thought the ugly, I thought I can't find anything ugly about Steve and Judy, because they're just such a perfect couple, aren't they? They're just beautiful. But then my mind went back to a certain pantomime in primetime where there was two absolutely horrendous ugly sisters... Steve being one of them, Paul Emerson being the other. So that's the ugly. I did find something. It was hard. They're bad. They're bad for us. Steve always ex- expects, that's the word, expects that we get out of the boat to walk on water. Okay? The good. You're glad it's coming to the good, aren't you? The good is he always encourages us to get out of the boat and walk on water. So, back in 1997, I went to see Steve to suggest that he had a counselling service in the Manor House. And he said, OK, get on with it. (laughs) So, with very little training and a lot of trepidation, I started the counselling service in the Manor House in January 1998. I've continued to counsel since that service itself and many have been helped, many people through the service that was there have been helped to move on with their lives. Little did I know where with this lead, 12 months later, less than 12 months actually, out came the words, how about starting a pregnancy crisis centre? I'll show you who to get in touch with. And it was care. So there you go. So a crisis centre was started in 1998 And Julie was a part of that right from the word go. We help girls and women make informed choices when faced with unwanted pregnancy. I know of at least two babies lives that were saved by mums visiting our centre. We did miscarriage work and post about abortion counselling and Julie helped with this too, uh, which benefited many women. Then came the next suggestion. How about doing some school's lessons? (laughs) Fortunately, I had teacher Julie by my side and others to plan the lessons on pregnancy. It terrified me standing in the classroom. But I had such a good team working together to make this work and we got into a couple of schools in Tamworth. And then more words from Steve. (laughs) I have heard that care are doing a nationwide sex and relationship programme in secondary schools. He went to see the programme and he got hooked. (laughs) He knew that funds were needed to get started for essential equipment, so he started making inquiries like he does. Then I said, "Bruce, gonna organise this programme? I've already too busy doing the Pregnancy Crisis Centre and the Counselling Centre. We could find no one who had the time. So one night I was mulling over what to do and I felt God say, what's wrong with you doing it? I was terrified because it was such a big job. There was such a lot involved. So I very naughtily made a deal with God. I said, okay, you find the funds and I'll do it. The very next day, a cheque arrived for £3,000 at the (laughs) the manor house. So, of course, I had to keep my side of the deal. I organised a team of four presenters to start with, and this included Julie, who stayed with us all of the time the until the programme stopped. We presented to over 5,000 pupils, and we had excellent feedback, and I'm sure that what we did would have helped some people make right choices in their lives. So, back to my comment on Steve, encourage us, encourage us to get out of the boat if it had not been for him and julie's support and his words get on with it (laughs) i doubt if all these other ministries would have come about so just carry on steve being the encourager that we need thank you so much
0: thank you jan I uh, over the uh, 20 years or so have um, my area of volunteering in the week has often been around that of prime time and prime time uh, began um, what year where are we where's prime time 2004 and the first coordinator of prime time was Ken where's Ken you're sitting here hello Ken good morning welcome Iris welcome and Ken kindly volunteered to lead that ministry and we first had lunch with a, I think a dozen or so elderly people and we sat in the new room that we would just built at the back there. Um, in the 13 years since then I think we've probably served 50,000 meals, 50,000 dinners have been served and 50,000 times people have been invited out of their own front door to come to the doors here and to partake of friendship, fellowship, and encounter the grace of God in the work of everybody. There was one lady I remember, Frida. Frida has passed away now. And Frida, all the years that I was picking her up, would always say, whenever I asked her um, how she was or whether she'd like me to pray for any particular difficulty, she would always say, No, no, don't pray for me. No, no. God doesn't love me. Uh, I'm not good enough for God. Uh, No shush. Um, And so, out of quite respect for her, when I was in her company, I would shush. I kept on asking, but always shush. But I prayed about it in my own private time. Frida became ill just through age and infirmity, and I went to visit her in her final week of life in the nursing home in which she lay. She was very, very poorly, very weak. And I sat beside her bed, and I said, hello, Frida. it's Martin. And she held out a hand, very thin little hand, and she said, please pray for me. It's the first time she's ever said that to me. And I sat beside her bed and prayed for the grace of God for her and for the rest of her soul. And I am completely content that the God whose grace knows no bounds heard that prayer from her to me, please pray for me. And he heard the prayers that were then said in that room a few days before she died. Now that to me is what prime time is really all about. And the roast dinners. (laughs) I said there was one door missing. Uh, A door that, if you like, has yet to open. And Nicola has very kindly come to tell us a little bit about that door which opens next week.
10: I only started coming to Tamlin Elim um, about a year ago, so I haven't been part of all this wonderful history. What I'm seeing is just the wonderful grace of God in everything that's been suggested, and that's what we hope for. For this next door, Um, this is the Lighthouse service, which you've probably seen advertised. If you're on Facebook, it's going around Facebook a lot at the moment, and in the newsletters as well. This came out of, as far as I'm part of this team, I'm going to say random comment that Steve mentioned as part of a sermon. I was trying to think, I can't even remember the rest of the sermon. (laughs) Um, But professionally, I'm a speech and language therapist. I've been a speech and language therapist for 15 years. And it's getting to the stage of, I was wondering how I can use the skills that I've gained professionally in a wider context. And... Also, I'm a parent of a child who has autism, so I know how hard getting to church and staying in church on a Sunday morning can be for people. So Steve mentioned that they were thinking of possibly the next step being a service for adults who have learning difficulties. I thought, oh, that sounds quite interesting. That's like something I can be involved in. Never done anything like that before. I have to say, in a church context, it's always been children's work I've done before turns out there's quite a few people in the church, there's a group of us that feel the same. There's a group of people that we can help access church and help show God's light and God's word too. That's why it's called Lighthouse. I'm reliably informed because it's a very visual image of shining God's light out to people. Since it was first mentioned, um, we've had training from and resources from Prospects Livability. Bev's signing at me at the front row because, unfortunately, I've started teaching her signing. (laughs) And we launch next week. It's going to be one service a month for adults who find main church difficult, whether this because of the language and the complex words that we use automatically as a group of Christians, whether that be it's just too big and too noisy on a Sunday morning, whether that because of physical difficulties Just being in an ordered road space is difficult for them. So what we're hoping to do, well, no, what we are planning to do, is we're going to be doing some singing. We're going to be doing Bible stories. We're going to be showing Jesus to these people who come along and their carers. We're going to be making things because we all know we learn not just by sitting and listening, but by doing What we're hoping is people will join in, but there's no pressure for that. Sometimes when you come in on a Sunday morning, oh, everyone stood up, I must be singing. If you want to, fine. If you don't want to, that's also fine. If everyone's singing around you or with the musical instruments gets a bit too noisy, that's fine, go into the quiet space. It's all about meeting God and helping people meet God. And we're really going to be well, my focus is really on managing the language that we use. So making sure all those big words aren't used. And lots of visuals. And managing the noise to help people feel comfortable within the church building once they've come in through the doors. We're always going to finish with food. Because we know food brings people together. Through Alpha. <laughs> through Prime Time. Through Tea and Biscuits after the service. That's what people get to feed people into church often. (laughs) We've got a large team. I'm surprised how many people have come forward to be part of the team. Some of us, and I'm saying I'm shaking here, are stepping out their comfort zone. As been the story throughout this morning, God supports those who step out their comfort zone. And that's what we pray. And that's what I'd ask for you as a church family as this new ministry starts. If you can't be here that's not a problem if you can't make food that's not a problem either but you can pray for us over this next week as we're doing the prepping getting the visuals right getting the plan sorted particularly for next Sunday because I know from being in church my whole life when new ministries start am I allowed to say the word the devil often wants us put a foot in the doorway And I know from experience that's when confidence and you can feel under attack. So please pray for the team this week as we step out with this new ministry, for the church, um, and also for next Sunday afternoon. Please pray
0: for us. And the time of that service next Sunday? 4 p.m. 4 p.m. till 5 p.m. Thank you, guys.